Merkel Media. Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your hosts, Sean Chris and Joe Thomas, coming out from underneath the earth. What the? Is that a skull in his hand? It's a skull. It's a reptilian skull, baby. I was just down in one of their facilities, just blew them up. Brah! 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 <laughs> Damn, man, this is, <laughs> this is, this is going to go. <laughs> what is good, y'all, man? You know, hope everybody had a happy new year. Enjoyed your Christmas time with your family. Now it's back to that new year, new grind, and exposing these fucking idiots that uh, are trying to control our lives. Oh, we don't care because we just make fun of them because they want us to eat bugs and they think that will you but I'm not eating a bug, man. I'm just good. I mean, not that they're the horrible. Obviously, if I have a choice between the bug and the fake meat, I'm gonna win the bug, man. That, that's for sure. <laughs> nah, man. I'm I'm cooking up bug sandwiches, bro. You know me. I eat bugs all day, so I ain't no problem with it, man. Hey, that's when. Hey, when it gets crazy and everybody's running and hiding in the woods, man, I'm gonna be the one they're gonna come to because <laughs> I got that trade, baby. I'm cooking them up. I got them. I got the bug cooking. burgers. I got cricket sandwiches yeah baby <laughs> and it's gonna be great when people are hungry man they're gonna need to eat something man unless you want to eat that fake meat come holla at me let's do a little housekeeping though before you know if you guys want you could go hop on to kill the mockingbirds podcast on instagram become a subscriber for 4.99 a month and get exclusive content exclusive content like reels books uh, uh group chats we're also doing every Tuesday and every Thursday a live on Instagram, Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, you know, where we break down some of the reels that Joel's been doing or break down a few podcasts, have a couple special guests every now and then, 8.30 Eastern every Tuesday and Thursday. And Patreon is up, about to be loaded up. We're uh, getting that ready to go too. Big things, man. Big things. Yeah. Hit up the Patreon. It's going to be fire. We're going to have new episodes every month. Um, you'll get early episodes um, from this podcast, so you'll be, you'll be able to listen to stuff earlier there. Plus, there'll be Patreon-only episodes. We also have two new podcasts that are dropping uh, this month as well. Uh, we won't tell you yet what they are, but they're going to be fire, and we're doing them both with two other podcasts so we collectively came together with two other podcasts and created two new podcasts you will be able to get to them early on patreon but we will have them up here too um from all your favorite kill the mockingbirds places spotify apple uh podcast 2.0 wherever you get your podcasts you will be able to hear them um there as well and you know if you uh Want to support the show? You could either support the show by listening to Joel Thomas or Sean Chris on all music platforms, or you go to write that link right below in the show notes, KTMB donations, man. Just, you know, streamline that shit. You know what I mean? Help out the show any way you possible. But besides that, I think that's enough about the little uh, housekeeping. Let's uh, get into 
some real rawness. I see the need for a great reset. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. Oh, the supervillain, our favorite, man. One of the favorites of the show, Mr. Klaus Schwab. Want to welcome you in, baby. We got Klaus Schwab, special guest in the building. How are you going? How's it going, Klaus? Great. Great. I love it. I love it when people are doing what I tell them to do. I love putting my feet up on their backs like an ottoman. And I just feel so good when I look at the little peons who are nothing to me but worker bees. Oh, oh man, this you're such a sweetheart, Klaus. Now we're kind of I know a lot of people have broke down the World Economic Forum. It's obviously been a hot topic uh for a while that people know about, especially in this realm that they know, but there's stuff going on with them that I don't think everybody is super well versed on that there's so many layers to it. It's not just, hey, he wrote a great reset book and you'll own nothing, you'll be happy. That's not just like a you know, an article. It's actually a whole mindset that they're giving to multiple people. And we, we're going to break down a couple like little, uh, we have some clips from a couple um other, I forgot the dude's name, the, um, but we have some things to break down and I think that uh, it will, it will go good. Right, how you want to set this one up right here? Got a, uh, man, I hate when I forget people's names. Are you talking about Alex Newman? Yeah, there you go. Okay. See, he got it. Man. So, uh, you mean that's why? That's why there's two of us. Man. See, that's why there's two. If there's only one, then we're never gonna know the name. No, like Alex Newman. <laughs> uh, he used to work for ABC. Uh, he's been he's been all over the place though, man. Gainesville Sun, Diplomat Magazine. Um, he actually worked for Fox for a little while. Uh, but he's super against uh the mainstream establishment. He actually left the mainstream establishment because he found out that he couldn't do uh legit reporting. So that's one of the things he does. He's got a new book called Deep State that he put out. And he actually goes to the WEF and a lot of these uh, events to expose them. And a lot of times these guys will talk to him without knowing that he's, you know, exposing them because he, he knows how to maneuver. Right. He's been in that world for a long time and he's able to get in there and ask the hard questions and do it in a very slick way to where. You know, a lot of times they're just giving up free information about what they're about to do to us. <laughs> yeah, because they feel like they're the, you know, that's their group. They're He thinks that, that they're talking to, you know, f friends. They don't realize that he's like a real journalist. They think they're the inside fake news. <laughs> well, and one of his big things that he likes to expose too, man, is the fact that at these big events, and a lot of times they're not publicized over here in the States because a lot of the mainstream hitters over here like CNN, Fox News, all of them, they don't go to these events. There's a reason for that. But all the other media companies in the world go to these events. And there's a reason for that because the U.S., as brainwashed as we can be at times, are still alert to anything that would stop our freedoms, right? So if we're reporting sure. on what they're saying over there in these in these events – 
people are going to start raising their eyebrows up and start thinking like, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. So the best thing to do is just not report it at all. It's just like a black hole. Just act like it doesn't exist. Just act like that Joe Biden. Just act like that a lot of our leaders uh, from the R&Ds are over there doing this. And it's pretty yeah. crazy, uh, but he's over there exposing it, and I think we should start playing some clips from him, and we'll start expounding on what he's seeing over there and these uh, Ten Commandments, man, these new Ten Commandments. So let's let's go ahead and get into this. Yeah, yeah this is him a little bit talking about COP27, which is the United Nations climate change. So here's clip one. You know, a lot of things happened there. The the big political agreement that they came to was um, a wealth redistribution mechanism where basically Western peoples, especially the United States, are going to have to pay climate reparations in perpetuity to uh, third world kleptocrats and the United Nations. And they, they haven't decided on a figure yet. They hope it's going to be operational by next year. But they're already talking about trillions of dollars. But even more important than that, Greg, you mentioned the new Ten Commandments. Uh, what for me, it was the biggest story out of this thing. And I've got a cover story coming out about it in the New American Magazine. I uh, did some very, very in-depth research. We've been sounding the alarm about this for decades. Uh, they are now building the third leg of the stool. Now, Peter Drucker, you know, management guru, uh, big-time establishment insider, uh, he argued that to bring about profound changes in the world, you needed a three-legged stool. One leg is the public sector, governments, and so all the governments of the world have come together through these UN climate summits. They came together to agree to Agenda 2030, the Sustainable Development Goals. You've got the private sector. Now, uh, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, uh, must eat the bugs and great reset, man. Uh, he actually signed a strategic partnership with the UN to implement Agenda 2030 and to bring the business community to the table. So you've got the public sector, the private sector, and then the third leg of the stool that Peter Drucker described is the social sector, in particular, the religious sector, the religious movements and leaders of the world. And so that was really the focus. There was more than 40 religious and religion-oriented events there. They ushered in what they originally called the New Ten Commandments, uh, they later, I actually was able to interview the ringleaders of this for about 40 minutes at the UN summit. They walked up to Mount Sinai. They came out with these new Ten Commandments. They smashed them because I guess uh, they weren't pleased with the progress. Uh, and all the while, the UN was openly talking about ushering in a new system of ethics and a new system of morality. So that's first. We got to give them props because that was a pretty good uh, Klaus Schwab impression. I kind of like that. I was like, man, that's, that's refreshing. And I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna have to work on mine a little bit better. That's a pretty good one, man. He, you could tell he's been around them, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's probably heard him. He's definitely heard him speak in person, man. He's probably been practicing yeah, a little yeah. bit for sure. But uh, there's a lot packed into what he said right there, Sean. And honestly, you know, a lot of people don't know about these new Ten Commandments. So I'm gonna go ahead and give everybody that's listening right now the new Ten Commandments, so we can understand what they're tr how they're trying to connect uh, religion, specifically Christianity, into climate change and into this new world religion that they want to create. So we're going to start with uh, the first one. We are stewards of this world. Uh, number two, creation manifests divinity. Three, everything in life is interconnected. Four, do no harm. Five, look after tomorrow. Six, rise above ego for our world. Seven, change our inner climate. Eight, repent and return. Nine, every action matters. And ten, use mind, open heart. 
Now, on the surface, some of these sound pretty all right, right? Outside of the fact that they're not the actual Ten Commandments that were given to Moses. Yeah. So, so I think it's... I mean, I didn't know we could just make our own up. I mean, like, if that's the case, I could just make some up myself, right? Well, and that's <laughs> the thing, man. These were actually created by a rabbi, uh, Neural, uh, Yonatan Neural, and matter of fact, uh, um, Alex Newman does talk about Neural a good bit in that in that entire interview that, you know, we took some clips from, but yeah, they, they want to implement this religious climate ideology. And if you notice throughout those 10 commandments, man, it was all about this weird change, our inner climate and, and, uh, creation manifests divinity it's almost like again we're back to that transhumanism we can become gods uh we're more powerful than our creator it's all about uh you know mother earth gaia and how we can connect with this uh inner inner divinity inner power that we have it's it's really crazy man but these are coming from like rabbis these are coming from big christian leaders um you know and 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 that's really what they're pushing quote unquote religious scholars right like, absolutely quote, unquote, yeah like, i mean these are scholars yeah. man that are well known in these communities and people just don't realize that they're what they believe in is being attacked and i don't care what religion that you believe in but they are rounding them all up and if you're not down to play ball with them with the wef and help them push their agendas they're going to wipe you out. And I don't care if you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Buddhist or whatever. They're coming for all of you. And I know I ran on this show all the time about how they're coming at Christianity harder than the rest of them, which I still believe. But they are coming for all of them. That's not, let's yeah. not say that that's not the truth because they want a one world religion. And the fact that they're creating a Ten Commandments. Um, and it's it's just blasphemy, Sean. I mean, this whole Mount Sinai thing. So if you know anything about Mount Sinai, this is where Moses was given the first Ten Commandments by God. When God etched them in the, in the tablets on Mount Sinai and he came down. And when he got pissed off at the Israelites because while he was gone for a long time, they actually built idols that they were worshiping. So when he came down, yeah. he actually broke the first set. Then went back up and God gave him a new set and he came down with the Ten Commandments again. But it's blasphemy what they did. They they brought these Ten Commandments out. They angrily, with the activists, broke them on Mount Sinai. And then they basically said, these aren't good enough. We have to create something better. So it's like, what are, what, what, what are you going to create better out of these new Ten Commandments? Uh it's wild, man. I, it's mind blowing. Just digging down that rabbit hole that people again, don't even know this stuff's going on. Yeah, the only the only time that I remember that I thought they changed the Ten Commandments was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the Ten Crack Commandments. What? <laughs> That's the only one I knew of. I didn't know that there was another. But I'm with you, man. I think it's like spitting in the face of God, right? Like we're getting these Ten Commandments. Straight from God. And then you're like, ah, well, I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? Like you said, they're trying to be the creators. They're trying to be uh, like, it's almost like climbing up the, you know, the whole the Babylon thing, right? Like the Tower of Babel, like going all the way up to there and, and trying to be God and being this creator. And that's what I think the whole transhumanism movement is about. Like, and it's, it's about them controlling us and they're the beings, they're the, 
these special, whether we, whether they're lizard people, whether they're just bloodlines, whatever that may be, it seems like they're trying to change the, our perspective and our narrative. And before we get into more of Alex Newman, uh, that's what uh, Klaus Sweat said at the uh, COP27. Met Gagabi, Minister for Coordinating Government Affairs of the United Arab Emirates. Excellencies, dear participants, what pleasure to be together again and to design the future. We are here to develop the great narrative. The great narrative. And he goes on in that speech where he's talking how it's important to, for the future to create a narrative, a story to put it all together. And that fits perfectly with what you're saying about the 10, these new 10 commandments, because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to change the narrative. Now, obviously it won't happen overnight, but if you keep doing this and more of us pass away and more of us, the, you know, the older generations, they lose those older generations. You're not going to have that knowledge anymore. Right. That knowledge is gone and they get to give you the knowledge that they go, no, these were always the 10 commandments. And it's, they always use something that is familiar with people. And that's familiar with a lot of people. So they're like, hey, you know, Ten Commandments. And then at one point, people are going to think those were the original Ten Commandments is the ones that they developed. Right, man. And again, it's just, again, confirms how I feel about how hard they go against Christianity. Uh, it just seems like it's a very coordinated effort to single out that because they take so much from it to twist it. And you don't see that a lot with the other religions. Now, they want to suppress the other religions for sure. I, I think that's important. And maybe, you know, and to play devil's advocate on myself a little bit, maybe it has to do with 2.3 billion people believe in Christianity, and it's the biggest religion well, in the world. Well, I also think that it's universal. You Correct. know what I mean? I started thinking about it a lot, too, that it's so universal in so many different countries. I think it's almost like the one you got to tap into. You have to, right? like, yeah. And, and there's a lot of like, you know, I'm not saying the other religions don't have this either, but I'm saying there's a lot of historical value as well mm -hmm. with the Christianity like that, that I think they can use so they can use some of the truth and mix it with the lies, which makes it a lot easier. And again, like you said, there's a lot of Christians out there in the world. Like it's not I don't know if it's the most r religious, but I know it's the most universal spread out of multiple countries. You know, a lot of like Muslims kind of stay in their little area. You know what I mean? There, there's Muslims all over the world, but I'm saying they're predominantly in one area. There's a big predominance 2 .3 of Christianity all billion, over. 2.3 billion, Sean. Uh, people yeah. are Christians. The next— What's that, like a third at least of the third the of the world? The next closest is Islam at 1 billion. So we're talking about oh, over, yeah. like, double is, is what Christianity is. Now, again, Christianity encompasses so much because— you know, and that's where my biggest pushback is with like, you know, what's real Christianity, right? You know, are we just talking about these churches and these ideologies? I think that's what people are going to encompass it in that 2.3 billion. Now, who's actually trying to live Christ-like and, and bring people to a greater understanding of what that means. I don't think there's a lot, Sean, and I can be honest with you. Yeah. I think a lot of it's been infiltrated, and as we dig deeper into this podcast, you know, because, again, we're here to tear, tear these idols down, and I'm here to tear down the church, and as much as I preach the love of Christ and how I feel about Christ, dude, I'm here to tear these these guys down that are literally using his name to lead people astray. And it's mind blowing to me that people are falling for it when literally the text that you're reading is telling you the opposite of what this guy's telling you, this false prophet's telling you. But yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's 
it's very unnerving watching how it's happening and how the WEF's really digging deep when it comes to, like Alex Newman said, the third leg, man, this this third piece that they need for ultimate control, and that is religion. Yeah, because it's it's something that everybody's kind of tapped to tapped into in some sense. <clears throat> I was thinking about what you were saying, and it kind of reminded me of what just happened the other night with that uh Damar Hamlin, right? Mm-hmm. How he just passed out on the yes. field. I mean, we could speculate all what happened, but a lot of people, and I was talking about this with people, like they were like, Oh, pray, pray for him. But how many of them were actually praying? You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 are they just saying a lot of people have come to this like sense of where they're like, hey, pray for Damar Hamlin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, well, do it. You don't have to tell me. Just do it. Right. Right. And then I started thinking like there's you get a lot of these. Hey, pray for blah, blah, blah. Fill in the blank. But is anybody actually praying? And then it started making me think, is this part of the occultic ritual of where they're getting people to put that energy out there? And they're not necessarily because they're since they're not really praying to God. You know what I mean? They're just saying that they're praying and they're kind of in a unison mm-hmm. that they are now bringing on whatever the occult is triggering from that. And they're using that. And that's how a way maybe they harness our energy and that with through social media, because it becomes that trend. Like you see it like, you know, everybody's starts doing that mockingbird stuff where you're seeing the same stuff. Like right away, everybody was like going, ah, maybe it was a vax. And then it was like this uh, cardio, whatever, like, mm-hmm. but everybody said word for word what it was, right? All these, I know I'm a doctor. I'm a cardiologist. I'm blah, 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 blah. And then if they really were, you'd be like, well, I mean, not that they're not, but isn't ethics like, Hey, I can't diagnose anybody that I'm not actually standing in front of. You're not supposed to diagnose from your TV screen. So that's like what kind of brought me to, uh, it's a little bit out there from what you're saying, but it reminded me of like how so many people say with religion and prayer and how important it is. But I think people just use it as a cloak and, Use it as like almost like a, a an accessory, right? Right. It look to to look cool socially, and they say I'm gonna pray for them, and I think that's how the occult uses a lot of it, really, because you're not really praying for them. You, if you are, you're not saying it. I'm not saying you can't say it, but you know what I mean. Like, right. For the most part, you should just be really praying, and if you're not, then that's kind of part of the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before I get on that ritual piece, because I do agree with you that uh, you're talking about uh, commodio cordis is what they're calling it. It's a blunt force to the chest and a precise yeah. moment in the heart's electrical cycle that can cause the heart to stop. So they're basically saying he got hit so hard in the chest that it caused his heart to stop. When look, man. I get that it's a thing and it's real, but honestly, if that was so common in the NFL, like it would have happened a lot and it hasn't, man. And the yeah. fact that he didn't get hit that hard, that's a routine hit. It wasn't, it wasn't a crazy hit. I watched it and I watched him get yeah, up too. like he was fine and then he dropped. So there's something else going on there and we can speculate about that. Well, you and I have our, our ideas about what that could be, but, and I'm not saying that it is the jab, but it is a good possibility because a lot of people are just dropping like crazy for no reason. So, and it's all heart related issues, which is really, and it's a 24 year old, a healthy 24 year old in the NFL, best shape, not doing drugs. Like, so like right. that eliminates a lot of things that can happen. And immediately I knew it was a heart attack right. immediately when they're doing CPR and the defibrillator came out and we're seeing all these soccer players. And this also gets in with the WT and, and the stuff we've been talking about, like with uh, the Robert Malone and, and how DARPA funded Moderna there is a lot of nefariousness behind this. The only other time an NFL player has actually died was like in the seventies or 71. The only time someone died on the field and it was on the Detroit lions. He was a wide receiver and he had a similar thing. So I think they're using that one and saying, Oh, it's the same thing because then it's easy to cover. And I thought also too, that um, 
what's his name? Uh, Stu Pete or Pete Stu or whatever. I don't know if you ever seen him. He, I don't know. I really think that guy is another uh, character that's no good because his movie Sudden Death. How come now that they put that out there, it's actually washed out anybody that's putting sudden death of like, you know, now when you Google it, you just see that. So that's another nefarious thing that I think they're bringing on. And I think all this will tie together eventually because I think there's a lot of questions to be asked. I just want to bring that up real quick because I was seeing so many people on Twitter arguing about Mm -hmm. it. And I'm with you like, yeah, there's a possibility of anything. But come on, man, we can't ask questions. We're asking questions for a reason. And if they weren't such, like, I hate when, it's like with 9-11, you know, when we're like, hey, man, you think that we let them do that? And they're like, it's too soon. Don't ask questions. And you're like, but well, we should know, like, if our government did that to us. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to not ask questions. That's why I think people like Alex are important because he's out there going and doing the work and trying to find people and, and kind of like, you know, uh, almost on some secret agent shit, right? Like, like, oh, man, he's fake news like us. So they're they're just talking away, probably like, oh, he knows the plan already. Let me just uh, mouth <laughs> off to him. You know what I mean? Here's another little uh, a clip where he kind of breaks down a little bit more what's going on over there. This was the most significant thing going on in the world until the G20 started. Uh, again, you had world leaders from all over the planet, uh, hugely significant decisions. Exactly what you said, Greg. We're, we're talking really about wealth redistribution. We're talking about stealing money from middle class Americans, from poor Americans, and then redistributing that to the very wealthy uber elites and kleptocrats who kept the third world impoverished. Um, and it was so naked and so transparent, Greg. And I want to add this too. You know, communist China is the key to understanding this whole thing, right? Um, and, and I've been going to these climate summits since uh, 2009, fresh out of journalism school. I went to the COP15 in Copenhagen. And, uh, you know, communist China shows up, they do a side event, and they're talking about how much less CO2 there is in the atmosphere because of their one child policy, right? Totally barbaric, totally grotesque, right? They forced abortions and all the rest of it. So in Paris, at the UN uh, Paris conference, where they came up with the Paris Agreement, um, it was a dead giveaway, right? Obama came and he said, we're going to slash American CO2 emissions by 30%. And by the way, this is an executive agreement. It doesn't need to be ratified by the Senate, but we're going to shackle power plants. We're going to shut down energy production. We're going to stop exploration for oil. Uh, And as as he correctly and honestly said uh, on a television interview, under my plan, energy prices will necessarily skyrocket. He was telling the truth for once. And so America or the Barack Obama administration comes to the table and promises basically to um, destroy the American economy under the guise of saving us from global warming. Well, the mass murdering dictatorship in China comes to the table and they say, oh, that's wonderful. We will continue increasing our CO2 emissions until at least the year 2030. Then maybe we'll think about peaking. And by the way, we're going to keep building coal fired power plants. We're going to keep producing cheap and reliable energy. So as American factories are fleeing because they can't afford energy, they can't afford to keep up with these regulations, they can't do business in this outrageous regulatory environment, they're all moving over to China, right? Well, every unit of economic production in China produces vastly more CO2 than that same economic unit of production in the United States would. So if you truly believe that CO2 is pollution, that CO2 is causing man-made global warming, the last thing in the world you would want to do, Greg, is shift American production, European production over to communist China, where, I mean, communist China already puts out about 300 uh, percent the amount of CO2 into the atmosphere that the United States puts out. I agree with a lot of what he said, and it is true. But I do also think that, like, China is the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that they're like, we're all in on it together. I think they're just you to like, hey, let's move everything to China. Let's uh, get these Western worlds. Because China already has a pretty good lockdown. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is people kind of like upset over there right now. 
There is people that are kind of pro, but they've got a pretty good stranglehold on their population. Now, as far as the Western, the Westerners, they, we don't, right? Like, cause we're all over the place. Some are non-binary, <laughs> some are uh, uh, puppies, you know what I mean? Some people are, are, are cats and then people are, are different religions, sectors. So we have all these things that divide us and they know with bringing in religion. And I think you are right. Like the more that I, cause well, we've been talking a little bit about this for a few weeks. And as time goes, I started like, you know what? I don't know if it's persecuted the most, maybe that the word you said was uh not wrong, but like maybe if we twist it a little bit and I think it's just the most easier because they've already in- infiltrated a lot yeah. of it. And, and like you said, there's a lot of people at stake right there. So they, they don't have to do as much, right? You don't have, to, if you start from the ground up, it's going to be hard on new religion. So they're going to take something that's already something. And since it's already, Christianity's already been sectored off so many times, it's kind of also easy to use, right? Yep. There's not a, there is sectors of, 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 Muslims and Jewish people, there's different sectors, but Christianity has a lot of denominations, tons of them. And I think that's where they're going to go attack. I, I started thinking about it more. That's strategically, right? Because that's where you go and you get these pastors and, and, and priests and where they go. And now they are part of the government and they're, they're like taking subsidies. They're, 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 they're getting money like you were saying about like what was there like a tax code or something yeah man so what's really crazy you know i was talking to my parents and you know people are just joining the show for the first time you know my dad's a pastor he still is and there is a uh it's a tax code it's the 501 c3 um it was started in 1969 part of the tax reform act and basically what it does um it allows your funds to be managed by yourself. So you get tax breaks. You're actually tax exempt as a church if you're under this 501c3, right? So it protects you from having to pay the IRS uh, any of your money. But that's where you see a lot of these mega churches and a lot of these, you know, uh, evangelist or uh, major preachers that make a ton of money right you know like your joel osteens and and some of these guys uh rick warren who we're gonna delve into a little bit on this show too yeah. uh but it protects them so all the money they make they keep within the church and they're allowed to manage it themselves the problem is the more you dig and the more it's been ratified over the years um they've added more verbiage in there that basically says that they can control you and tell you what to do. So say, for instance, you're preaching out against the jab or you're, you won't marry same-sex people or something's against mm-hmm. what you're preaching in the pulpit. They can come in and tell you, no, you're going to do this. You will marry same-sex. You will tell people that they need to take um, this product that we're telling them to take. Or we take your 501c3 away, then you got to pay the government and they'll probably tax you even harder um, than they would, you know, regularly. So that's where they get you. They get you into this trap where, hey, you get this big exemption. You get to save all this money and it goes into what you want it to. That's not really the case. That just means that they have more control over you and more control of what they want you to say um, in your particular forum. Yeah, and then they have complete, just like we were talking earlier about, same thing with the farmers that had the subsidies. Like, you're 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 now in control. Like the government's like, hey, destroy all those crops, or you get no more money. And since they're now stuck on it, 
they don't really have much of a choice. They're kind of like they have to destroy the crops because they won't make enough money <clears throat> through without the government because they don't have those people to sell everything to anymore, especially after the whole uh, COVID and, and lockdowns, which ruin a lot of their business. So, yeah, it puts you it puts you handcuffed. Now you're stuck to, hey, I got to take this paycheck. And if I don't do it, then I'm screwed. And, you know, a lot of people are going to take that money and just be like, fuck it. <laughs> well, bro, they're just gonna say okay it is it is what it most is of, a lot of these guys in these pulpits man don't don't care about god at all they don't really care about they care about their paychecks and even if they do on the surface in some ways care ultimately they're going to be looking at their pocketbooks and their personal family yeah. and what they can do to protect that uh, i'll tell you a really good show that is funny but really breaks down a lot of this is uh the righteous gemstones which I actually just started yeah. and i'm on like season two and man the best well it is and it really breaks down like that ideology especially mm-hmm. when they start because when that season the new season started it was like about covid so they actually were tapped into that a little bit about how that they were making money off the streaming services because these are for people that didn't want to come in the church because they were scared to get something. Yep. You got to think about all these avenues that churches look to to make money, like stream, like you said, streaming services or or some sort of you know mail in. Um, you get these DVDs or whatever else, but all that money goes to the church and they don't have to tax on that. So. The more things that they can implement to make more money, a lot of these mega churches, a lot of these churches are going to do, man. They're looking out for, for themselves. And people get so wrapped up in these idols, and we're back to that again because it happens very very often in the religious sectors. And I mean all religions, but you got these guys are at the top and they're supposed to be, you know, the gurus, the guys that are going to lead you to God. And generally speaking man they're living pretty lavish when you look at it and it's like what are they really giving back to the community because i feel like if you're giving back to the community the way you're supposed to i don't know if you're going to be riding around in mercedes benz and living in like joel osteen 10 million dollar homes i i just don't know how you can justify that like i'm not saying that god can't bless people and they can't make a lot of money I just feel sure. like that there's a disconnect there when you look at these guys as and then you're and then you look at who they hobnob around with and then you're like oh man they're hanging out with this politician they're hanging out with this elite they're they're going to the world economic forum they're doing all of these things that to me don't represent you trying to bring people to Christ at least I don't think so well, you should, and you should be putting back more than you're receiving as well. Right. Like not saying that anybody shouldn't get anything, but obviously like if you're being blessed and you're taking the the job of saying, Hey, I'm trying to be, uh, not the middleman, but kind of like a middleman for God. Like where, you know, that people don't understand some stuff and that's taking advantage of people. If you ask me, you know, I'm not saying every, there's a lot of good preachers. It's the same, like to me, preachers and cops are like the same. It's small town, small. That's what you want. You know what I mean? If it's a small town, small little Nick community, it's usually good stuff because you could actually talk to the person. If it's any of these mega corporations, that's why I like that gemstones, uh, righteous gemstones, because it breaks it down from a few different aspects. You got the dad who's like <laughs> kind of like old money, just trying to fill everything, you know, like for his family, which I get it. Like he's trying to do right by his family. And he he does believe in God, but not necessarily 
puts him first. Obviously he puts the money in his family first. And then you got the sons, the one that's like, you know, just trying to get the fame of like, you know, being the, I want to take over the church. I want to make all the money. It's my turn. Then you got the other son who's like, he has his own little complex of like where he thinks he's saving it, where he wants to be Jesus kind of. Right. Like that's how I take it at least. Right. Like he's saving, like, you know, they have the Satanist guy and he's like always saving him. And it's all like, <laughs> there's so many weird encounters, man. <laughs> but that's, that's what I thought it was good because it really shows the true colors. They really nailed it. If you ask me, because that's what I see it with all these. Yeah, it's cool. Like I'm not saying anybody can't make money, but it's just very weird making a lot of money off of preaching the word of God. Right. right? I understand sustaining yourself. I understand like, but again, you should be giving out way more than you're getting. If, if, if you have a mansion, then you should have like a mansion style, like homeless shelter. You know what I'm saying? Like if you have, if you have 20 cars, then you should be giving out 50 cars, like whatever. Right. Like, you shouldn't have like all that luxury and then be preaching about God when you know that you're just hustling people. And that to me is one of the worst things. And I think that's what turns off a lot of people to religion, including myself is because over the years you see people that are just hustlers. And now these hustlers are connecting with the World Economic Forum, with uh, a COP27, with the UN, with all these initiatives. And that's where they're going to use their influence over people that trust them, right? Oh, man, the, he's been my preacher since I was a little kid. Like, of course I'm going to listen to him. It's all right that we, we need to shut down the factory. It's for climate change. It, God wants it. That's where I think they're going with mm -hmm. it. They, they're going to go with it to where like, hey, this is what God wants, you know? That's why I say, and I'm going to repeat it a million times. That's why I love the book of Eli. Not because it's saying that, because to me, it's saying the Bible is real and it's important, but how easily it could be manipulated mm -hmm. by people that are nefarious, right? It, and they're going to use it on people that don't know about it. Right. And it's similar to what they're doing with these new Ten Commandments. They're like, okay, cool. Like you thought these were, the these were bad. And then to break them and, and make a whole display, like to basically spit on God and be like, oh, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We've been in the world and we've studied people through data and now we know what's the proper thing. And one of the rules, uh, one of the new commandments you said was do no harm. And right away I thought of electric cars and digging for lithium. I'm like, so we're doing no harm. There is harm being done. Slave labor, uh, people being oppressed. Like there's so much wrapped up into that. But again, it's just that false notion of, well, we're here to help you. Like, Hey, we're going to fix everything for you. No one's going to fix everything for you. That's never going to happen, but they need religion. Religion's important. And I think that you did, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when we were doing that, uh, Adamites one, I think you really did kind of get onto something where we're talking about not necessarily it's the most persecuted, but it's the one that they want. Christianity is the one they want to use to implement a lot to, to, to really manipulate. Right. They want to manipulate Christianity because I think they see not only a lot of people, but they see how many people that are not necessarily even, but they believe in Jesus and they believe in his teachings. Maybe they're not consider themselves religious. So I think they're trying to tap into that and try to use that because I think that's the vessel. Not saying that's the right religion, but I think that's a vessel that they, they feel like they can hack into because of the multiple denominations uh, of Christianity. I feel like they're, they're going to use that because it's, it's a blueprint to get around the world and get that message out there because people that's what they believe in, right? You believe in your preacher, your priest, or who, whoever you go to. There's a lot of people that put a trust into them, and not all of them are good people. <laughs> no, man, no. And and you know, to your, you know, I agree with you. You know, it's it's going to be the easiest one to 
manipulate because they've been manipulating it for so long, right? You know, mm-hmm. most people get caught up in the aspect of the church, man. They don't get caught up in the actual teachings of Christ. If you look at most people, man, I don't even think they really know what the teachings of Christ are because they don't really read the Bible themselves. What they do is they listen to someone tell them about what the Bible's yeah, telling them. And I'm not saying, you know, my dad's a prime example of a, of a great preacher, man, someone who preaches the word. And I'll say this. The Bible's controversial. Jesus was controversial. So that's what I have an issue with a lot of these mega churches and these guys that are falling in line with the mainstream narratives is they're not controversial. I think that yeah. you look at John the Baptist, you look at uh Peter, Paul, like all of these apostles, man, like they went against the system. Christ went to get, went against the system. I remember there was a verse, a patch of verses where Jesus was teaching and they said that Herod was going to come you know, and see him face to face if he didn't leave the city. And Jesus was like, well, I'm still going to be here so he can come meet me if he wants to. You know what I mean? Like that was someone standing up against yeah. the system. You know what I mean? And you don't see that. So that's going to be my first, you know, ding, ding, ding. When I see you not being controversial and I'm not saying being controversial for the sake of being controversial, but I'm saying if you're actively seeking the truth or preaching the truth, you're going to be controversial because t- you will tend to be not caught up in that matrix. Everybody else is caught up in. And I've seen my dad, especially during 2020, 2021, being on the pulpit railing against the system. And you know, Half his congregation was pissed off at him, but my dad doesn't care. So like to me, it's like those are the guys that I look at yeah. when I'm I'm looking at somebody to follow because they're not asking you to follow them. They're asking you to follow Christ. And that's two different things. They're just the messenger. That's all you're supposed to be. When you're in that position, you're the messenger. You're giving what you believe God told you to give to someone else, man. But you're not telling someone what to do. You're more than welcome to do whatever you want to. This is what I was told to tell you. That's controversy. That's the right kind of controversy. And in all aspects of life, that's what we need more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., of but it, back to the church that's when i know when i start seeing people that are propping up these guys these these klaus schwabs these these elites when i see them do that and then hobnobbing with them i just can't buy into it man because you're you're bought and paid for yeah no 100 and you could see people like your pops and stuff like they're 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 distributing everything. You know what I'm saying? They're like, Hey, let's, let's rally some money so we could build this and do this for such and such and such. That's the difference, right? Like to me, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to keep building in your community or whatever community you're at, you know, Mm. to make it better, to thrive and not only teach. And that's part of the teachings of Jesus in my building community. 
helping each other out. And you're right. It's constantly going against the system. Do you think uh, Jesus would be right? Like, hey, man, you should be wearing a mask right now, man. You should be jabbed up. No, he'd be like, well, why? Why are we wearing a mask? Why are you? Right. You know what I'm saying? He would be questioning. And if we're questioning, that's what we're supposed to do. But they want it. They want it to be this other thing of compliance of where they, they'd be like, oh, no, Jesus would. Just remember that guy, that bishop guy was like, oh, Jesus, just get like 10 matches. You're like, Yo, if Jesus was around right now, bro, he'd be like that time when he ran up in the temple with that whip and just started whipping everybody that was like selling like uh, all of these items in his name, bro. Like that's exactly what would happen if he saw this going down now. He'd be like, what? He'd be like tearing down the house, man. Cause- yeah, and then, <laughs> then they would call him MAGA. They would be like, oh, he's MAGA. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Just because he's against her. Yeah, what the hell, man? Like, that's how they would do it, though. You know they would label it like that. They would label it like uh, domestic terrorist, MAGA domestic terrorist. Like, (laughs) it's, it's, it's so crazy. That's why I think like we would be confused. Local like you wouldn't even miss Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a carpenter and then he changed. Like, you know what I mean? He, he was in January 6th, man. <laughs> like it, it's sad how they do they do change. They use like the, the actual things that people do know, like some some sense. Like people know about Jesus. It's obviously a famous person mm-hmm. in the world that they know they can use. And I think that's why that symbolizes so much for them that they're like, Oh man, let's run with this. And like you said, it's been infiltrated so many times on so many different fronts. That's why there is so many different denominations and so many different sectors of Christianity because people broke off because of that thing. Cause they're like, I don't know, man, this guy seems full of shit. And some broke off because people like power, right? A lot of these evangelists, they, they think that they're pretending they're healing you or they're giving Anybody that's going to say, hey, pay me and I'll give your message to God. You're like, all right, man. You know what I mean? I could just do it myself. Like it's been happening, what? bro, for the since since the word Christian like happened. That's what they started doing. I mean, you could even see the early apostles fighting other sprout up churches that started doing that, man. Even in the Bible, we're talking about as far back as, as, as Jesus, man. But I mean, even Jesus was, like I said, he went into the temple where they were selling and merchandise and and making money off of his father's name. I mean, this has been happening forever, man. People are going to use religion and all religions for that matter to make money. I mean, if they get an opportunity to do it, uh, a lot of these guys are false prophets. They don't even believe in what they're doing. They look at it as a business opportunity. Like, Hey, you know what? I'm really good at speaking. I'm a good orator. I'm just going to get up here and spout this out and twist it any way I want to to get people to prop me up, make me famous, and you know, get me money. And when you've got something like 501c3 where you don't have to even pay the IRS yeah. anything and you're bringing in billions of dollars, that's all money going to you, lining your pockets and building whatever you want to build personally. So, of course, you're going to tote the line. You're going to go and do exactly if you're especially you're in it for power, fame and money. You don't care what they say. You're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Climate change. Yeah. COVID. Uh, wear a mask. Like you're going to go with it. Right. Like that Osteen guy showed it like when he wouldn't give people refuge after the flood in, in Texas. Like that's not something a preacher, especially a man of God, like what I think of a man of God. And then there's like people that are man of God. Like that's a that, you know, a preachers that like live in like a shack, not like a shack, but you know, like a modern home like a small home and and they go and take and help everybody out so there's these drastic differences and again that's like the mainstream and and the people that are off the beaten path like they're on the path of god and christ and the other ones are are just out there literally for fame that's why i like righteous gemstone so much because it it, it exposed so much about these guys and it's very true 
And that's why we know that they will tote the line 100% when they're asked, hey, this is the new climate thing that we're talking about. This is ESG. This is, hey, you need to marry. Like, you're seeing even the Pope do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that I wouldn't think in my time. He's like, yeah, you know, same-sex marriage is pretty good. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not against it. Personally, I'm not against it. I don't really don't care. I'm not a big marriage person to myself, like, because I feel like if I'm going to get married, why does the state need to tell me? Right. You know what I mean? I don't. Why do I need a, a piece of paper from the state? Like to tell me, hey, uh, we're in love. Like we're gonna uh, be committed forever because the state says. But like the way that he said it, it, it it's to em- infiltrate us as a whole, where they want to break it down, where everybody this all inclusive, this ESG because they get ESG scores. Even the churches are gonna start getting these ESG scores. How environmentally friendly are you? Are you promoting the LGBTQ community? Are you know what I mean? So on and so forth whatever that's going to constantly change because the narratives are going to change bit by bit. But when they talk about the great narrative, what they mean is they want to set the story right and perfect so that we can buy it hook, line and sinker and follow them right down to destruction. That's exactly what they want us to do. Well, let me get into this lax Alex clip before we uh, go a little further. Fox news is disgusting. And wait, wait till people like Hannity figure out what, what, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. I, mean, I took two shots and a booster of this stuff and I, I've been permanently damaged. What? What? Wait, wait till they figure this out. Because they are going to be damaged. Just a, oh, all these people got placebos. Oh, it was bad batches. Uh, no, they, they, they all had different fuses. Right? I mean, what He's probably not going to be out? keeping that little CIA lapel pin <laughs> on his jacket anymore after he finds out that Incutel was putting money behind Moderna and some of these other uh, pharmaceutical interests that were involved in this weaponized campaign. So, uh, uh, Fox is disgusting. They're going to take. A, they're going to have a hard fall. They are. I mean, after the 2020 election, they lost millions of viewers, and most of those people are not going back now. I mean, they still have some of their core loyal constituency, but even they are abandoning ships. So. I won't watch him. I used to watch him pretty pretty regularly. I don't. No thanks. I I think about myself. I no. I don't want to see Laura Ingram and I don't. I don't even like Tucker Carlson. I mean, his buddy is Hunter Biden. He's he wrote Hunter Biden a letter. This is one of the laptop things that came out. Uh, he wrote him. A, hey, can you get my kid in? Uh, you know, George Washington and GW. Can you pull some swings for me? Hey, let's have let's have dinner with you and your wife and my wife and we get together, right? I mean, that is Not a. Not supposed uh, to talk about those things. I mean, this thing with uh, this Hunter Biden laptop is deep, 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 deep. I mean, they they covered up our enemies, <clears throat> basically rigging our elections. And uh, DNI Radcliffe, and I, I keep bringing up this report. Oh, there's no evidence. Well, on the 18th of January of 2021, DNI Radcliffe released a report uh, that uh, said all 17 intel agencies agree that the Chinese interfere with our election. I thought that was a good clip because obviously they were Fox guys. Like, it, just to show, like, hey, the veil is really falling down on a lot of people. Now, not saying they got everything right. I liked a lot of what they said, but when they were hammering on Fox, I thought that was important because a lot of people have only been railing on CNN, which rightfully so. I get it. MSNBC, I get it. But Fox is no better, man. They've never been, they've just been the same deceitful people. Um, You see Carl, uh, Tucker Carlson, he talks about the jab a little bit. They'll talk a little bit, dance around the World Economic Forum. But he's not talking fully about what's going on at, at Cop, Cop 27. He still has pharmaceutical ads on his uh, show, so he can only go so far and so deep. He tries to be, you know, this, oh, I'm here for the people, this whole schmuck. And then the, <laughs> That's how he laughs. He always laughs like that. And he and people buy into it. Like, 
because he seems to be the one going against everything. And he steals a lot of material from a lot of people. You could tell, like, a lot of podcasts I listen to, I'm like, man, I heard that two weeks ago. He's barely getting onto that. And he taps in. They're, they're, his producers are good at tapping in with the uh, conspiratorial and truther crowd and kind of just they nudge them a little bit, a little bit like this, and they give them little breadcrumbs and they try to lure them in. Like he said perfectly, Hannity, I've always said it too, Hannity has that C- CIA uh, lapel right there. And he's t- and who'd help develop these vaccines? Moderna, boom, DARPA, CIA. Like, you know what I mean? Right. That's the thing they're not telling you. They're, they're supposedly, they'll, they'll rail on Joe Biden and they'll rail on the Hunter laptop and they'll tell you how the borders overflowed and but they won't tell you about how the UN is, uh, you know, helping that out, that the UN is trying to get more immigrants in here. For what reason? We won't know because the journalists aren't going out there and doing their story. They're just saying, oh, look, the, it's illegal immigrants. They just want to take your job. That's all they want to say. No, there's more to it. They want to make it a no borders anywhere so that everybody, I think they want to mix everybody so much that if they could, they would put us all in different countries because we couldn't communicate to, to each other, right? They want it so it's hard to communicate, hard to build real relationships, hard to have a meaningful life with people you don't know. And now there's these people that are foreign and then you must be scared of them. Like that's what Fox is really good at scaring you from people. Oh man, these people are coming from Honduras. These people are coming from uh, uh, Haiti. They're coming from, they're scaring you that not only they're going to take your jobs, but they're going to rape everybody. That's intentional. They want you to be so scared of these other human beings because then you dehumanize each other. And if you start doing that to them, they know you could do it to your neighbor. And they proved it through 2020 by getting people not to go to their churches, getting people not to go to their corner stores, getting people not going to work and discussing things that they would normally discuss. So now people, have they push them to these sectors. And that's why I thought it was good because Fox News is just as bad as every single other station. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Greg Hunter from uh, uh, Watchdog, USA Watchdog there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he did bring up dear, in the Hunter Biden laptop emails that there are emails uh, going out about, hey, man, hook up my uh, kid to go into George yeah. Washington. Uh, yeah, these guys aren't good at Fox, man. None of them. Uh, I don't really care what anybody says. Uh, again, they can from time to time say some things that align with how we think, but that's the game, right? They they got to be that side of it yep. because they need to be anti CNN. That's really all they are. MSNBC, all that they're just tertiary. Like they're they're there. They're not that big compared to those are the two biggest ones, and they represent the R's and D's, and yep. that's what they are. So I re- I did like this entire interview. Um. Uh, between uh, Greg Hunter and Alex Newman because they really broke down some really interesting stuff when it comes to what's going on in the World Economic Forum, you know, the new Ten Commandments. And like I said, I really like that they were really going at Fox because, you know, Alex Newman used to work for Fox. So he left. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are seeing that and Fox is no better than the rest of them, especially after 2020. I think it really just like shook a yeah. lot of people like, wait a minute, because when all that stuff went down overnight with Joe Biden and everybody woke up the next morning and it was just this giant swing of of votes and everything. But Fox was basically acting like everything was OK. And I think that's when a lot yep. of people were like, wait a minute. Like, so Fox is on board with this narrative, too. This doesn't feel right. And again. I'm not here to say 
that Trump is awesome, and we rail on Trump all the time. I think all elections, all elections are rigged, even the one that he got in on. But this was, this yep. was obviously rigged to the point that the average person knew it, and I think they wanted you to know that. I think it was there was a purpose too. in you knowing it was rigged. It was a purpose in all the Dominion stuff that came out to show how easily it is to go in and change the votes. Um, what was the uh, what was the show with Kevin Spacey? Um, that he where he was the president. House of, House cards? of cards. Do you know that that was in the House of Cards where they talked about the the voting machines and how they yep. needed to pay off uh, such and such. I think it's when she ended up being president after he died, and they came to her yeah. about this whole uh, proposition on how that they could uh, push this whole thing. And again, they're going to show you in media what they're doing in real life, and. Yeah, it was obviously rigged. I mean, it was probably the most obvious rigging job that we've ever seen, but there was a purpose in that. There was a purpose. They shut down all the voting. They booted it back up two, three hours later. Then all of a sudden, there's a massive swing of votes. There's a reason that they want to shift people a certain way. Um, there's a reason they want you not to like Joe Biden. There's a reason why they want him and Kamala in office performing so horribly it's not because they're actively doing it on purpose it's they want them to do it i think when people start realizing the deeper layer to it then you can really start getting in line with what you need to do as a person to prepare yourself or to prepare others and it's not just the major leaders you know it's not just your presidents your kings or or your senators and 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 your congresswomen they're, they're, they even have a C40 World Mayor Summit, which happened in October of 2022. And it was this uh, uh, in Brazil. And it was the same thing. Like well, some of their initiatives was a fair and inclusive pandemic recovery. When they use those words, fair and inclusive, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> like they're talking about like, hey, like we need to give more money over here. And they're talking about they're doing this well-being cities where they have artists get together and, and collaborate and make like uh, murals and uh, of sustainability and, and going green and, and treating equality and, and all these words, these buzzwords they like to use, which we know what that means. It doesn't mean when, when you hear equality, like you think like, Oh, well, that's probably a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like they want us to all, no, they want us to all be on the same level. They don't tell you what the level is. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, we're all, we'll be on equal footing, but it's going to be shitty footing. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to be the ones at the bottom of the totem pole. And that, is the part that people are really uh, not understanding. And yes, there, there is uh, uh, um, things that contribute to that and they, they play into that. That's why they play into the race. That's why they play into the religion. That's why they play into things that already could be a problem to society as human beings, because not all human beings uh, can interact with everybody. They, they kind of get a little, you know, shook there of what they don't know when they don't know someone, Hey man, they speak a different language. Oh man, they're practicing a different religion that I don't understand. So they now, with the propaganda that's fed to them, they're able to see them as enemies when really they're on the same team, but they don't want that. And they're going to constantly have this conflict. And that's why they bring people in, taking our jobs. A lot of times, you know, people talk about like, oh, you know, a lot of people uh, come from the south, southern borders and they take all our labor jobs. But I, that's not really the issue. Like, you know, yeah, there's people taking labor jobs, working in fields. Well, ones they're not telling you about is the ones they're getting from India and the people they're getting from like, you know, pa- Pakistan and they're, they're taking doctor jobs they're taking telemarketing, jobs, like jobs that are a li- little bit more well-paying, but they pay them even less. So they don't they either go, Hey, well, we'll get this guy to replace five guys. 
You know, that's how the, you know, they started with all the telemarketing in India and other places outsourcing. They outsource so they can pay you less. They don't like to talk about that part. They try to focus. And that's what I think Fox's propaganda is for. They're always like, oh, you know, they took our jobs. <laughs> like that kind of like aspect of where, you know, they're not necessarily taking your warehouse job, which is happening too. But the real thing is that your warehouse is being shipped to Mexico or to China or to India. You know what I'm saying? Which is even worse. It's not even as far as, oh, they're coming over the border and they're taking your job. No, they're exporting your job to another country. Right. They're just making you mad at seeing this person as an enemy. Oh, they're coming over the border. There's not enough water. And again, I think they also use that as to make people of, of scarcity, right? They think there's not enough water. There's not enough food. There's not enough land. And that reinforces that when you see more people and not realizing that we're clustered in cities. There's more than enough land just in the United States of America, not to mention the whole world. And let's not even talk about what's behind the uh, uh, Antarctica, all that land. You know what I'm saying? All that free land. <laughs> Trying to get hey, there. flat earthers <laughs> think there's more than that. It's infinity. It goes for infinity. There's plenty, plenty of land out there. It's just like infinity land. We can have our own country, each one of us, individually. I do think our flat Earth uh, uh, friends will be happy with our next episode after this. They one. will. Like, all they'll right, st- they'll leave us all alone. Right. They'll leave us alone after the next. <laughs> yeah, one. they'll be like, "You guys, you, they're all right. They're all right." <laughs> <laughs> now, to your point, though, man, about them taking our jobs. You know, I always think about the stand-up Dave Chappelle did, man, where he was talking about how you know everybody's bad at, at like like you know, especially uh, south of the border immigrants coming here, and they're, like, they're taking all our jobs. He's like. What black or white person is going to be out there picking produce and cutting yard, cutting yeah. lawns? Like, they're not. Like, we're not doing that shit, man. And matter of fact, like, all these other jobs that you mentioned, too, a lot of, of, of like, just people that are born in America aren't doing the shit, man. They don't want to do it. Like, look how lazy people are, man. That, that look, There are so many job opportunities right now because people, especially after the pandemic, don't want to work. Like nobody wants to work. They want yeah. free money, man. That you know what I mean. And and uh, again, I think you know uh, all the free money they were giving us during the pandemic was really just a tester to see, okay, how much could we give each person a month that they could survive on and they'll be happy with, and they'll just do whatever we tell them to do. They're moving towards that, man. Eventually, yep. it's moving to a system of free money. And yeah, they're going to have to have worker bees, obviously. But when a lot of shit becomes automated, which they're moving towards that too, where in factories you don't need actual people, you might need four or five just to make sure that the AIs are doing their job. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen tomorrow, but it's all definitely moving that way. I mean, Klaus Schwab talks about it in The Great Reset, which we we rail on The Great Reset all the time on here. But I would encourage people to actually go read what he wrote. He wrote this in 2020. I read it back in late 2020. And he does talk about that. He talks about the fourth industrial age. That's what he says we're moving into. It's his fourth industrial age. And this is where you start getting into this Christian economic forum. Because the this fourth industrial age needs what they call the third leg. They need they need this third leg. Because the third leg is is the uh, uh, it's a three leg partnership between government, business, and religion. The government, business, they already got right. They've got those two sectors. Religion's important because with religion, then they can can really control all of us and tell us what to do. And it's and it's fascinating how 
Klaus Schwab believes that religion is integral, integral, integral. Saying I don't know what I'm saying right, integral. Yeah, yeah <laughs> losing my mind. Yeah, integral in in moving this fourth industrial age um, into uh, what they need because what they don't want is disruptive innovation, and basically. Disruptive in, 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 uh, innovation is when like a smaller company, like say you and I started a smaller company, right? And we basically were like, look, we're going to target segments of the market that are neglected by the bigger companies. So we're going to say, hey, we'll do what you do. We're not going to do it as big, but we're going to hit the areas that you can't hit. He wants to stop that. And he thinks that this Christian Economic Forum will be able to to target those zones that they can't target because if they can get everybody on board, okay, so religion can do that, right? So say you've got a guy that runs a small business, but he's targeting an area that they can't touch. Well, he he's at this church. He gives money to this church. He believes this pastor, this pastor, those part of this Christian economic forum, he could convince him to either sell out, get a buyout, or do what they're asking him to do. So where, in in essence, he becomes corporatized. So that's what they're trying to do um, with this world religion. And they're going to use Christianity as a means to pull that off. Because it's, again, it's, it's easier to take something, like you said, that's already there and twist it. And since Christianity's been twisted for hundreds of years... I mean, how how hard is it going to be to do to twist it a little more? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's the influence impact, right? Because they know when they say religion, too, uh, they're talking about Christianity, they're talking about all the religions, but they're also talking about uh, these political religions like climate change religion and, and then the wokeity-woke religion, you know, where people are buying into a million genders and, like, you know, you get to you get to choose it at some point and it can change at any minute of the day or whichever the way the wind's whipping, you know, you can be whatever you want. And I think they're using that because it's influence. Influence is something they know because these think tanks study us as human beings and they see our patterns, right? Right. Now they're not going to be able to figure out all of us, but they can see dominant patterns that happen with most people. If you go into a bar, you know that people are getting intoxicated Hey, you're like, hey, there might be a fight in there. It's pretty easy to conclude that because you have enough experience that you've been into enough bars and you know that people get angry. Right. And when they start drinking, something's going to happen or or words get miscued or, or people can't understand each other. That's the same thing they do with us. And they study us, not just our data and make it so much easier on social media. They see people's trends. That's why if you notice the more social media has been around, you see a lot of more people that are down, right? Like they're depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying people have never been depressed before. And uh, uh, actually, I want to give a shout out to the homie, man. Like, rest in peace. One of the homies, he took his life, like, uh, the other day, like, right before New Year's. Wow. He was a good listener of the show, man. Like, we found out. He was a good friend of the family. Listened to the show for a long time. But that's because I think they've tried to isolate people. And I think he got into that point of where he felt isolated. And, And obviously, we don't know, like, inside of his brain. But just knowing that they do that intentionally uh, to really... uh, mess with your mind so you feel isolated that's why i think it's important for us to always say on the show like dude well, you're not alone man we're we're all here it it seems like it and if you do feel alone i i do think that one of the best things and it sounds sometimes like corny or or doesn't work it works for me and i used to think it didn't work but really just like finding a quiet place and just really praying hard man yeah 
Just like really like trying to focus on God and try to figure out like, hey man, what am am I doing the right thing? Should I go this way? It, and if you are are aware enough, you you'll find the answer. I believe. Like I've seen it. Like I've prayed and then like watched a movie like an hour later, and I, I swear like all these scenes are talking to me. Like I'm like <laughs> and like you know what I mean? Like because yeah. it, it's clicking, right? Right. It's a way of that he's finding a way to communicate to me. He's like, hey man, well obviously he's gonna use some kind of communication that's good for me. Like he's not going to, the same thing is not going to be for you because, you know, he knows how your mind works, how our mind works. But I think that's what the point is. That's what 2020 was. They, they really cut us off from each mm -hmm. other. And that's why they want to use religion because that's the, that's one of the biggest influential things of the entire world from the existence of the world. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That has always been so important to the connection of the world. And the, and the, the church has run the state many times, like the Jesuits, when they ran, you know, they pretty much ran the show for a while. And they, they're using that. I think they're using that similar tactic, but now they're modernizing it and they're going to wrap it up in this world economic Christian form because that's what it is. You know what I mean? It has its own name. It's not like, it's not like we're it's making this Christian up. It's called the Christian economic like, form. It literally yeah, is called that. And people don't know this, Sean. And I think that's why I really wanted to do this episode because um, I want people to understand, you know, where I come from as a Christian. And I have vastly different views on Christianity. Fortunately enough for me, I grew up in the church atmosphere. Um, I got to see the good and bad of it. So I got to see my dad, who, who is a great man in the church. And I saw how he um, operated and, and operates now. And this will actually get us into a, a big central figure in the Christian economic forum and really in the Christian world itself. And this is something that we don't get into in the Christian side of things because it's very easy to like pick apart Catholics, right? Because I mean, yep. look, we know all, all the shit of Catholics, man. That's not hard, yeah. right? It's not hard to go that route. It's not hard to go some other avenues that are kind of like very easy to pick apart. One of the tough ones is, is to really get into the, like the Protestant side of it and specifically like the Baptist side of it. Because to me, Baptist and in general, Southern Baptists are your Fox News of Christianity. They're more hardline conservative. Um, on the outside, they look like they're a little more in the realm of what you think about when you think about Christians, right? But when you start digging, man, they're just as infiltrated. Um, they're just as, as, as evil. And Rick Warren, who a lot of people look up to, um, you know, mm -hmm. he started Saddleback Church, which is huge, man. Like Saddleback's like just massive, man. Um, and he started that church. It's a mega church. It's associated with the Southern Baptist Convention. Matter of fact, he is, you know, not necessarily runs it, but he kind of runs like the Southern Baptist Convention, the SBC. Um, he wrote, uh, he wrote the Purpose Driven Life, which was, uh, oh my God, man, that's what everybody reads in the jail. Purpose Driven man. Church, man. Everybody reads um, that book. Um, and everybody loves uh, that book, especially when you're talking about Christianity. Yeah. He wrote that book. What's really crazy yeah, yeah. is, man, like my dad back in like when he started preaching, which was I, I want to say in the late 70s, early 80s, um, you know, when I was talking to my mom about this the other day and she's like, yeah, she's like stuff you guys didn't know about when you grew up because you're too young to understand. It's like we didn't really affiliate ourselves as much with 
the uh, some of the things that were going on in the SBC, even though we were outlier affiliates, which, you know, it's similar to us being on Instagram, right? Like, we're Instagram affiliated. Like, we know that there's certain, like, yeah. things we do to play within that sphere. Um, but we get you to where we need to get you the content. It's like my dad. Like, he'll operate in a sphere because it's important to be able to connect to people and there's good people in these spheres. But as far as being like sold and bought into it, they never were. And my dad actually was not really for that book. It's pretty funny because my dad's read it and there were certain excerpts of it. And he's like, he's not really talking about God there. It's talking about that. You can become a God. You're divine. It feeds into this world economic forum mentality of transhumanism and how we can become God-like. We can become gods. Um, and that's another reason why, and just side note, I'm going to slide this in on people and another, but chicks are going to get tight. But it's another <laughs> reason why I have a hard time with the book of Enoch because it talks about Enoch becomes an angel, Metatron. And it's like, that's never talked about in the Bible. We're not, we're, we don't become angels. That's not what we become. Yeah. Uh, angels are separate. We're, we're two different things. We're two different entities. Matter of fact, it says when they will judge the angels. So that automatically negates that out right there. Uh, however, I do think there's a lot of good things in the book of Enoch, but that's just another one of my, uh, side notes. Evil Enoch wrote it. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> but she's tight. She's tight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, like, Rick Warren, you, and I'm glad you know that book, too, man. The Purpose Driven Church. You know that, because that's it. <laughs> he said, I'm yeah. reading it in jail. In jail, man. Everybody was reading that. Like, they were like, oh. because it, because, you know, you have, like, everybody, and it's weird because I, Everybody kept trying to get me to read the book. I kind of grazed through it, but I don't know. Instead, I actually picked up the Bible yeah. instead. And I was like, ah, I'll just read this. And I feel like when I what I read from it, it just felt like too, like, it's not up my alley. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt the same way. Like, and I didn't read the whole thing. I just kind of went mm -hmm. through it. And it just felt like we're almost like a, um, not like a self-help book, but like kind of like a, the new age kind of stuff. It was a more new age for yeah. me. Like, it was just seemed like, be this and you could like... It's the like almost like the secret you. book, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... And like, that's why I really stuck Job, man. Job was the book in jail book. that I was like, man, this this seems like the the most, the, the best book to read in jail because it makes you really think like, well, actually, I don't really have that bad, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to be out here in like a month or so and th this guy's like, man, he lost his whole family. Like, and it puts in perspective every single thing that's happened in your life where you're like, okay, well, is it getting taken away or... Is it just kind of seeming like it's taken away right. because uh, Satan is is trying to he's trying to come after me through other things, mm -hmm. right? That's what I like. We talk about all the time, like you know, like the people that are not not trying to like down anybody. Or I'm just saying the people that are don't don't have as tough a skin as us, you know, the the people that can't, you know, they haven't figured that part out yet. They go after those people in our life because that's the way he's gonna try to uh, manipulate us. Right. He's gonna manipulate us through our loved ones and people that are close to us. Because they can't, and they, because he knows he can't break us. Right. But he can only try to break us through other people. Yeah. No, I totally agree, man. And, you know, back to Rick Warren, I mean, he's something else. Uh, I'm going to read a couple excerpts from when he was in Davos. Uh, and, and let me just put this out there. He hasn't just been going to Davos, man. He's been going to Davos since 2008. Like, dude they have been cooking this up this christian economic forum thing for a long time so he's been a part of the master plan and matter of fact this is pretty wild right here since the beginning it's yes exactly so when he starts out because he was doing you know 
this kind of reminds me of the Righteous Gemstones. He's doing this live stream from Davos. And, bro, <laughs> it, yeah, I know. Maybe think about that too, man. But he says, uh, This is Rick Warren, author of The Purpose Driven Life and pastor of Saddleback Church. I'm here at Davos with a lot of my friends. And we're talking about what are the biggest problems on the planet and how we're going to solve them. Right now, I think that there are five that I call global giants. Extreme poverty, pandemic diseases, illiteracy, corruption, and the spiritual emptiness. Bro, there are two major things in that that he said that really dinged red flags for me. First off, he's at Davos with a lot of his friends. Yeah. Who are your friends at Davos, man? Because I can tell you there's a lot of evil people at Davos that I can tell you don't align with anything in that book that you read called the Bible. Secondly, out of the five global giants, you're talking about pandemic diseases is at the forefront of what you're pushing. So clearly... You and your friends have been talking, and you've got a yep. a plan on how to subjugate people that go to church, and specifically Christians. And they did it in the pandemic with the lockdowns, with the letting people go to churches, and like you said, all the pastors and priests that allowed it. Like, like I understand, like you can't force people to go to to church, but to close your doors, to allow your doors to close, that was crazy to me. That's something I thought I never would see. Like, you know, maybe people don't show up because they're afraid of their for their own. Okay, I get that. But for people to actually close their doors and lock their doors to where a place of worship, which is supposed to be open for everybody. Right. At like pretty much whenever. And then now you're like, oh, no, 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 man. There's this like thing going around. <laughs> Stay home. D -d don't go be by yourself for a while. That's what I'm saying. They're connecting you because that's the people, even though you have your connection with God anywhere. But people only recognize that church because they've been brainwashed to like, oh, my connections only if I'm at that church. So they took that away from right. them. another thing they were trying to take away from people. And now they're trying to re-implement it where there's people like Warren, where they trust people trust him and think that he has some good work. So they're going to be like, oh, you know what? Well, I read the purpose driven life like, oh, he's never steered me wrong right. before. Maybe this Davos thing's pretty good. And it's one of the most <laughs> famous like Christian books out there, man. People know it. You know what I yep. mean? And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm going to hit a couple more things, man. We'll expound on them. This is pretty crazy, too. He said, these problems are so big, nobody's been able to solve them. The U.S. hasn't solved them. The U.N. hasn't solved them. Nobody solved them. And I think it's because it's going to take a three-pronged strategy to do this. There is a role for the public sector. There's a role for the private sector. And there is a role for the faith sector so they're already dividing this up into three things there's that number three so yep. they're already they're already dividing this into a three-pronged attack on how they can and i'm gonna use the right word here subjugate us into doing what they ultimately want us to do because they know more than anything and if you really want to dig into the christian economic forum schwab's got a lot of stuff to say about religion he is very very interested in how religion is going to play a part in subjugating us into doing what they want us to do from a global scale no i totally agree man and and here's a little like I'll play a little this last clip I got of uh, of Yuri, you know, the henchman <laughs> of Klaus Schwab. And this is how they think of us. So when you hear them talk about religion and how it's important, remember this is how they really think of us as human beings. 
The biggest question, in, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. The problem is more uh, boredom and how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless. My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games. As a solution for more, it's already happening. So he goes further and he talks about how uh, the Japanese are ahead of everybody and they have everybody on, you know, doped up and on on uh, pharmaceuticals and on video games and and computer games and virtual reality. This uh, VR, which is getting huge, and there's so many uh, SSRIs that people are on out here in America. So they want to dumb you down, drug you up so that you lose your connection. So you lose your spiritual connection to whatever you think that is. Like, I'm not going to sell you on what, what I think you should think it is. Cause that, that's something you got to figure out for yourself, but they want to distinct. They want to literally sever that from you. Yes. It's almost like taking your soul out of you. Right, man. And this, and what you just played there. Cause I can't stand Yuri, man. I, I, yeah. God, nothing would give me greater joy than to, do some things that I wouldn't say on this podcast, but like that guy's something else, man. Like I, I don't even think he's real, man. I think that dude's straight AI. I think I he's connected to the to the mainframe. I think he is the mainframe, honestly. But uh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but he does tie into a little bit of this last thing that uh, Warren talks about. Rick Warren talks about, and this is God. This is so interesting about this Christian economic form. How they want to. Uh, bring these this three-pronged attack together. And I'm going to read this here. So there's a role for the public sector, there's a role for the private sector, and there's a role for the faith sector. Each of them can do something that none of the other three can do. Government has a role to set agenda. Government has a role to set priorities and things like that and move nations. And there are some things that only governments can do. Businesses have a role, which they have. They bring expertise, they bring investments, and they bring all kinds of innovations to the market. So that ties into Yuri when they're talking about innovations, they're talking about, you know, VR control, all that. But then also houses of worship have things that businesses and governments will never have. In the first place, we have universal distribution. The church was global 200 years before Davos started talking about globalization. So that's yep. the key, man. They're going to use this one world of religion eventually for distribution. They, think about it. People will go and do stuff for a church for free. He even talks further in this interview about how that, man, I got, I got volunteers on deck, thousands thousands we've got thousands think about globally millions of of people that will work for free so that's all you need that's all you need you get people hooked up to the vr get their minds in a certain frame before you know what they're going to church in the vr (laughs) right And and who are you worshiping then I could probably name off five fallen angel names off the top of my head right now but uh, but i'm just saying like it it it, easy in general this is what they're moving towards, man. And man, I could see it. Just, t- just you bring up that clip about Yuri was great because that even ties further into this Christian economic form. Because I think they're going to move more to virtual churches eventually too, man. They already tried it out a little bit with the pandemic, with people having to see church on their TV. Well, what about if it's an interactive yep. experience? 
You know what I mean? What if you can get baptized in the VR? You know, all these things that you can do, but then they've made you also a slave because if you're if you're so bought into this church and so bought into this man on the pulpit, he's like, hey, I need X amount of people to come down to the church and move move these jabs. Move, move this. I need you to help round up these extremists. Bro, I'm telling you, it's it's that is the move, man. And I think that the church is gonna become uh, just as integral as police, as FBI, as these three other letter agencies, maybe even more so. Well, I kind of you just made me think of something too. They're taking away sanctuary. You yes. know, like that old, like that old where you're like, hey, I'm going to church, I have sanctuary, they're gonna protect me. I, they're taking that away by doing that. There is no sanctuary. They're they're trying to take where there's no place left for us to go. That's what I really feel. Yeah. Uh is their move. And that's they know that people trust their 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 religious leaders. That's why they're headed for them. That's why they're there at all these events. And they know that Christianity is, pro- is the most predominant religion in the world. They're going to utilize that. They're going to s- manipulate the teachings. They're going to uh, put it into their little you know catalog of like this is how it's said. This is what Jesus really said. They're they're. I think they're going to change the Bible completely, which it's been changed over the years. But I'm saying like I feel like. And some date in 20, 30 years, even maybe after we're gone, they're going to try their best to book of Eli it and rewrite the whole Bible and, and not just rewrite it. But like you said, it's because they're telling people how to interpret it. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, no, no, no. When he said this, what he meant was climate change. And no, 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 no. When he said this, he meant jabs. So then people buy it. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess that, you know. You know, there's going to be people in a hundred years from now that'll be like, yeah, yeah, Jesus was all about the jab, man. Like, that's crazy <laughs> to me. Like, you can really fool people to thinking that, like, yeah, dude, the mRNA vaccine's been around since like AD. Like, you know, right. what I'm saying? like before, you know, <laughs> like it started when Jesus came, he brought the mRNA vaccine. Like, you know, they, the, the three wise men, they gave him myrrh, <laughs> frankincense, and mRNA. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's how they manipulate people though they change history it, it, it's it's funny but it's also scary because you're like man i could totally see someone buying into that yes. that's what's the scary part <laughs> bro so much so and i think that and that and that's why i'm a christian man that's why i believe in jesus the way i do because they try to twist him so much and they try to turn him into a tool to manipulate people and that's defiantly against anything he ever taught. And I think that's why I'm so vehement in who I am as a Christian and what I believe in, because I see what they try to do to him. And if anything, and I don't care if you're a Christian or not, but if you read the Bible and you read what Jesus talks about, his teachings can can come across in a way that, you know, just love your neighbor, take care of the person down the street, you know, do right by other people. Those things are tenets that you can believe in regardless. So when you see it in that light, you're like, yeah, man, Jesus is a good dude. And I see why they try so hard to twist what he does, man, all the time. No, I, I understand what you mean by that, because I think like what we said earlier in the podcast, like it is true. They take stuff that is good. They take stuff that is in our psyche already, that is already part of our world so that way we we're easier to manipulate, right? They're going to use something that we already know. They're not going to just come up out of the blue with something new because it's going to throw us off because they already know human nature. So they're going off. Every religion knows about Jesus. They talk about Jesus in every, every religion yeah. pretty much talks about Jesus in some sense or form. 
and the teachings, bare minimum, they're at least saying, hey, they're a good teaching. Right. right. They, they almost all recognize him as a prophet, uh, as a prophet. So it's not like they're, he's recognized worldwide as an outstanding human being. And then also the son of God. Now, not everybody doesn't think that, but I'm saying even the people that don't think that they don't think of him as like, oh man, he's a, he wasn't really a good dude. Like, you know, there's no, right. like, you know how like they talk about Lincoln and they're like, oh, you thought Lincoln was good. Here's the real truth. There's no, <laughs> there, there is none. You know what I mean? Right. That's through time. So obviously that that's why is because they want to go after something that's pure to taint it because they already know that we recognize that as pure. Right. So that's, I mean, that's the only way they could do it. That's why it's starting to make me believe more and more that uh, the Antichrist would be an AI, some transhumanism AI thing. Man. Like, I just feel like that's the vessel that they're going to use because it's going to be something that we can understand. I feel you, and I'm open to that idea. I still think he's going to be a Nephilim. I think he's going to be very human-like. And he's a Nephilim cyborg! I think he's, I could be, <laughs> could be, man. Like, I'm very open, very open for uh, all the possibilities on what the Antichrist could be because uh, I don't think it's going to be what we think um, as far as, like, just a man. I don't think it's going to be that. Um, if it is, I'll be shocked. I mean, he'll still be a vessel. Um, you know, the ultimate, you know, the Antichrist is going to be a vessel, a vessel for satan himself the avatar so really you know the vessel is just the vessel it's really satan you know what i mean he's got to he has yeah, to yeah. mimic what christ yeah. did what god did through christ right made god flesh so he's got to mimic it on some scale because everything they do is a mimicked version of, of what christ does it, you know it, it's really like have when we talked to vicky when she came on the podcast and she was talking about how the abductions where, you know, it talks about Christ being the bridegroom. And in those days, the bridegroom crossed the threshold and it was invited. So that's that, you know, you invite Jesus into your heart. Well, it's the same thing with these entities, man. They got to cross that threshold. You and they, you invite them through the threshold. They're mimicking being the bridegroom. So, or, or the bride. So it, it's, it's very interesting, the correlation between the sides. And, and that's why, you know, I, I, I believe how I believe because I do believe that Jesus is the son of God. And I think that's the, Biggest disparity between I'm talking real Christianity and I'm talking about following the the, um, the uh, teachings of Christ and other religions that denounce that godhood that he is. And I think that's where I, you know, I'm not saying these are bad people that believe these religions. I'm not saying that they're going to hell necessarily either. I'm just saying that I believe that Christ is the son of God. And I think they do. They try so hard to make him not that. And, and just this podcast we did today, man, just seeing how that the church has been infiltrated so much into, Hey, let's create these new 10 commandments. Let's talk about how you can become a God, how you can save yourself. It's the, it's the Nimrod mentality of Nimrod back in the day, building the tower of Babel, the portaling system to try to get to heaven so they could become gods and overthrow God. That's the whole point. We're doing it again. Doing it again, Sean. We're we're trying to bring the Nephilim in again. Portal babies. It's going to it. We know what's happening. I see it, and nobody else is seeing it. <laughs> no, I totally agree, man. And on that note, man, I think uh, you know we're gonna wrap it up, man. I, I think that you should look into it. Uh, Christian World Economic Forum. It's a real thing. You should definitely look into it. We'll post some of the links on uh, Telegram. Got to get that going. I got it lost on my phone, so I got to get it back going, but. Uh, I'm going to get that back on that. So you can hop on there. Kill the Mockingbirds Telegram again, you know, subscribe, Instagram, kill the Mockingbirds podcast, help us build our website. You know what I mean? $4.99 a month. 
We got to use them to get where we need to go. So plus you're going to get awesome content, man. Like Joel's got some great ones cooked up, man. I get to see, I get the luxury of seeing them beforehand. So, <laughs> you know, I, if you want to be beforehand like me, I'm even a subscriber, you know what I mean? So you should subscribe so you could see all the great stuff. Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, breaking down uh, different reels every Tuesday, Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Hop on Instagram Live. We'll be there breaking down some of the podcast stuff we're talking about. We're breaking down some of the reels we have. And don't forget to go to Joel, Thomas, Sean, Chris on all music platforms and Van Tesla Music on Instagram and Sean Chris Music on Instagram. Uh, and don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, give us five stars. Why not? We've been getting a lot, man. Appreciate that, man. They've been getting the stars up. I mean, they're not all fives. It's all right. It's all right. They're not all fives. <laughs> I, I would like all fives, but it's all right. I mean, can't be for everybody. Yeah, and we love the comments. So you guys are doing great on Apple. Uh, please leave us comments. Uh, give us five stars on Spotify, too, if that's where you listen to. The comments are great. We always laugh, especially when they're positive and they're funny. So, you know, I think the last one was talking about butt cheeks tight. So, you know, we love that. Yeah. We love that stuff. Um, little shout out to my girl, Jen Saki. KJP's really been screwing the pooch lately. We need you back, baby. And, you know, I'm going to send you 10 texts when I get off here just now so you can, you know, get back in office. And, you know, I'm going to be your boo thing on your side, you know, ginger power. And eventually, you know, we'll be the first, you know, female president with me being the first man, which I'm all about. I don't mind being second to her, baby. That's how we roll. Also... Sean and I both just put out new music. Surprise! New Year's Day, we dropped some shit. I actually dropped it and didn't even tell Sean I was dropping new music. I didn't tell nobody. I just dropped new music. Sean dropped Bobby Bonilla, It's Flames. He's talking cash money. I got the new EP, Grins Begriff. I want to make you guys go look that up and understand what that means. I've got Plato's Cave on there and uh, Flowers. So you guys check that out. We're dropping hot music the rest of the year uh and he and i got some good stuff cooking up together too yeah and i just want to give one shout out uh you know rest in paradise to the homie uh noah kalama uh u.s veteran you know and times get tough uh let's give him a shout out i know he's listening from above and uh let's go out with one of his favorite songs this is one of the favorite songs that i did that he liked it's called uh they want your freedom you know how we do it wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up brah, brah. bird killers they want your freedom, don't let them take you away. Living on your feet, you'll never die in a chase. They want your freedom, they want your freedom. They want your freedom, don't let them take you away. Living on your feet, you'll never die in a chase. They want your freedom, they want your freedom. I fear no evil, the power's with the people. No Democrats, Republicans, they puppets on strings. Locked and loaded, fuck a convoys. Freedom convoys, hold the line, boys. Rats, tat, tat, motherfucker, reload. 
the definition of hypocritical contradictions. His politicians sparking the flames of division. Her leaders try to tax you to death, trap you in debt, drowning in propaganda, gasping for breath. Censorship, totalitarian technocrats. They checking facts, clapping back, acrobatic aristocrats. They want you to own nothing and be happy, or get suicided like Jeffrey Epstein and Isaac Cabby. They want your freedom, don't let them take you away. Living on your feet, you'll never die in they chase. They want your freedom. They want your freedom. They want your freedom. Don't let them take it away. Living on your feet, you'll never die in they chase. They want your freedom. They want your freedom. They want your freedom. Don't let them take it away. They want your freedom. Don't let them take it away. They want your freedom. Don't let them take it away. They want your freedom. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.